0: Thank you for listening in. Today's episode, we discussed what transitions are necessary from sport to career in order to be successful. We will detail key components to those steps. So my guest today is a University of Mississippi alum, three-time All-SEC Conference player, former two-time WNBA champion with the Houston Comets, and now impacting lives in a variety of ways. Please welcome my guest, Yolanda Moore. What's up, Yolanda?
1: I am so happy to have
0: you you on this platform because your story, what you currently are doing, like I want to just dive right into it, get all into it. I gave the people just a snippet of your background, but trust me, by no means did I mean to shorten it because you've done a lot and you're continuing to do a lot, which is one of the reasons why I wanted you to join me on here. So kind of let's add to that bio. Like what did I miss? What do you want to add to that? Well, we
1: got time. Yolanda, we got time. How far back we want to go. Okay. So, um, well, you know, I've been, I've been a champion all my life. Talk about it. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) 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 No, but I mean, shucks, I grew up, you know, like on a farm, found basketball and like, that was it. It was over. I was like, look, I'm ditching these horses and these cows. Y'all can have this tractor. I'm on to bigger and better things. Um, so basketball was like a lot of us. It was my save my saving grace. I was terrible when I first started, but I loved it. So I kept going um, and I became better and better and I won all the accolades. You know, back when I was coming up, um, all the rankings and all that stuff, it was there, but it wasn't prevalent. Like I didn't know that I was like a highly ranked or highly recruited, um, you know, like athlete until towards like the end of my senior year when I was like, they was like, oh, well, you nominated for McDonald's All-American. You won player of the year for, you know, you're the Gatorade player of the year in Mississippi. You're like a WBCA. All, like, I didn't know any of that stuff even existed until the end, you know, like when I was getting ready to, well, I had already signed to go to Ole Miss. So um, I was a high school state champion, won championships, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. like all of that, basketball and and so, um, like winning is just in my, I mean, it's just in my blood. That ain't being cocky. Facts. That's just, I get it. Facts. You know, basically. So what yeah. led you to so... Ole Miss? I mean,
0: obviously you just told us you were a country girl. I kind of feel like the only people who go to Ole Miss gotta be from yeah. Mississippi.
1: Okay. No, well, that's I'm from not the true. East.
0: So in the North and okay.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's not true. <laughs> it's not true now. It was true back in the day. Um. I mean, back in back when I was coming up, though, Ole Miss was one of like the premier programs in the country for women's basketball. Like they were always ranked in the top ten, top fifteen, definitely top twenty-five. But a lot of those years, they were they were ranked and they were, you know, the team to beat in the in the South in the SEC. Um, they were synonymous with, you know, just with winning and class and things like that. And Ole Miss was considered, you know, like the Harvard of the South. They ain't always want us there, but they needed us. So it was kind of like a prestigious, you know, honor to to say that you go to Ole Miss being from Mississippi back then. Not now, but back then. Um, And it wasn't too far away from home. Um, So if something popped off, my folks could get to me in a car ride versus, you know, a plane ride. That was important. And then, too, it wasn't too close to home, so I still got that away at college experience. But it was a premier program. It was a quality, you know, one of the top um, academic institutions um, back then. So for me, it was a it was a no brainer, and it was the best Ooh, fit for I me. I love that. But full transparency, full transparency. The number one reason I went to Ole Miss was because there I could go. start as a freshman. There you go. And that was important to me. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I was recruited by everybody, but they said you could play now. Not you everybody. Can, you can start now. But
0: I love that though. Um, Not everybody, but I love that. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. You chose Ole Miss. <laughs> You had the foundation, family support, yep. that that championship mindset, that winning mentality. As you said, you've you've been successful in situations that helped you transition into the collegiate world. You become Yolanda Moore. Now talk. Now, now I want to I want to kind of give me the short version of this. Talk about your college career because it it helped
1: to transition to you once okay, you get so- to the professional ranks. Okay, cool. Um, so it was a lot of hype. You know, you number one player in the state, you go there, and there their ex- their expectations um, that you're going to help bring the program to even greater heights. And That was my expectation. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't you know that wasn't the plan. That that ain't how it went down. So, um, my freshman year, the summer before my freshman year, I tore my meniscus, and um, I had to have surgery. My freshman year, shortly thereafter, I got pregnant with my first child. Um, and I, you know, 18 about to be somebody's mama. All I, all I knew was basketball. That was going to be the, that was my, um, you know, that was my way out mm-hmm. of course. So I, I never thought about quitting cause I couldn't, even though I had a kid. So I, and, and even though I was rehabbing my knee, um, as long as I could stay in school and play, then I felt like I had a – you know, I still had a shot at a future. I wasn't ready to give up on my dreams, and thankfully I had family that supported me in that. So my freshman year, I didn't play. My sophomore year, came back, second team, All-SEC, did my thing. Junior year, got – you know, I did even better, um, started to win – some more, you know, like awards. We were we were ranked like we were doing well. I was a team leader in a lot of statistical categories, but also their emotional leader, just a leader in general. Um, and then I tore my meniscus in my right knee, so I had to have surgery at the end of my junior year. And then my senior year, no different, came back. Um, we were really good. Always, we were ranked, you know, nationally, so there was that recognition. I was always tops in the SEC conference, always a leader, um on the court off the court um at the end of my senior year I tore my meniscus in my left knee again so I I had hopes of going overseas um but it wasn't it just wasn't in the cards but thankfully the WNBA was you know announced around that time so I kind of set my sights on okay I'm going to you know mm-hmm. I want to do that um but in between that time that happening I got pregnant with my second kid at the end of my senior year. And so the idea of me becoming a professional athlete with three, you know, having had three knee injuries, major knee surgeries and two kids was kind of like, you know, that was in- insane to even fathom that you could become a professional athlete with that being 22 years old or 21 years old. Um but when I saw Cheryl holding up that picture in that Jet magazine, with that number one on her jersey, I was like, "I'm gonna do that." Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so um, I saw that picture and it was like, a, like a switch went off. You know, sometimes it's um, they say representation matters, and you know, you talk about the power of vis- vis- visualization and being able to see yourself in other people. And when I saw her in that magazine holding up that jersey, I immediately saw the possibility for myself. Regardless, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm rehabbing a knee. I already got a kid. But all I saw was what I could be. I I wasn't it's like I left the present and I saw myself where I wanted to be. And so that's what that's what fueled me. It was that I can do that because I mm. could I could see it. You know, I could see myself I love in her.
0: It. Now from there, because you just you talked about a ton of transitions and I and I like it because I wanna say that out of all of my my guests, we haven't really talked about that component in having a family. Like it's a real life decision. Right. It impacts not just you, but all those family members that are involved. It, it just, it really sets you up, like you said, in your mind mentally that either I can do it or not right now. It'll be a little bit somewhat deferred, but I still can get to the end destination. And, and I love the story about how you had family, you had support, you know, you had the thoughts of how am I going to do this? And seeing that representation gave you motivation, just gave you just a a way, a way to just say, I can do it. Now, when you talk, when we talk about basketball, how has it shaped and got you before you get into your WNBA career? I want to talk a little bit prior to that.
1: Um, basketball gave me so much confidence. Uh, okay. It helped shape my identity early on just because of how I grew up. I mean, we all have stories. We all have things that, that happened to us as a child that impacts the way that we see ourselves. And at that time, the talk of mental health and, and taking and self care, that just wasn't, was not. it wasn't a thing. And so we didn't, ha- we didn't have the tools to kind of, um, manage, the trauma or, or, or deal with the experiences that we were, we were having those traumatic experiences. We put them somewhere. And so I put my, my trauma into basketball. And it helped me to not see myself as a victim. It helped me to not, you know, for lack of a better term, like have a pity party all the time. Like, you know, why my dad didn't want me, why my family treat me the way they do. Like it wasn't even that because I found something that gave me a sense of purpose, that gave me hope, that gave me confidence and helped me to see myself as valuable, you know? And so I was able to disconnect from the rejection that I felt and the abandonment that I felt from my family and from my dad not being in my life to this is where I can thrive. So I'm going to focus and put all my energy and passion and, and all of that mm-hmm. into this only because mm-hmm. that's all i had not doing it as it wasn't a an intentional coping mechanism it was that's all i had you know but life is lived forward understood backwards that was my coping me- mechanism which is you know why a lot what happens to a lot of athletes we use that as medicine and when we no longer have it and we have to actually deal with the things that we go through because we don't have any place to put it that's where you see the, you know, all the breakdown and, you know, you're losing money and you're losing jobs and you're losing families because you have nowhere or you have no coping skills to deal with whatever traumas or experiences that you're having that are negatively impacting you. Folks, if you did not get moment. it, that
0: was the nugget drop. Okay. That was the nugget drop. Thank you for <laughs> sharing that because it's, I can, I can hear the honesty and it, you're just painting a picture that is so real in today's world it's real for today's youth and just as human beings like we're going through these things now talk share with us this WNBA career cuz i'm i I'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one that's going to say i was a
1: houston comets fan like i was like right okay listen i was so so when they announced the um the eight cities right like and they announced that houston was going to be one of the first eight cities to get a team I set my sights on Houston. Like, it was Houston or bust. I didn't think about Charlotte. I didn't think about, definitely didn't think about Utah or Sacramento. No, or not at all. Teams. I was like, Mm-mm. I'm going to Houston. I'm going to play for Houston solely because my family okay. lived in Dallas. And I'm like, okay, I go play in Houston. That's three hours away. I have aunts that live in Houston. I'm thinking about how I can have support with my kids and support for my dream, right? So, and then again, back then, when If you weren't drafted or you weren't um assigned to a team. You had to go try you out. Had go right. You try had to go get out. that contract. Like, they had mm-hmm. to, to try out. Right. And so you had to, back then they had yep. pr- practice players. So they had each um, team was allotted two practice players. And so, you know, I, I drove to Houston. Yeah, you know, I worked out. I drove to Houston. Even though my college coach was the, the head coach and GM, um, he got the job. And he told me he was under no circumstances <laughs> drafting me. That, um, you know, I okay. just had a baby. <laughs> I had just had my knee surgery. He said, ain't no way you got a snowball's chance mm-hmm, in hell mm-hmm. of making my team. You don't have a height." I'm like, yo, I don't have to height, But I just played against them like a few months ago, like last year. Well, we having gross first okay. at 22 okay. now. Like, what, what are we doing? So he was like, you just, you know, I've drafted this player. She's 6'3". And I, I'm like, yo, I used to eat them every day for lunch, like, when we played. Like, everybody was taller than me as a center. Like, I was the shortest center, literally, in the SEC at six feet tall. You, pl- I'm played against 6'4", six, 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 players and was a unanimous first-team All-SEC player. A unanimous, like, wh- so what do you, like, that didn't register to me, but it not. didn't matter. Like, him saying that had no bearing on what I knew to be true for myself. And so I drove to Houston, like I borrowed money to drive to Houston to try out. And there were four spots. There were two like regular roster spots. It was during the same you know right. tryout experience mm-hmm. with Kim Perot. She was one of those players that got the regular roster spot. Um, and I think uh, Pietra Gay from LSU. They had just had a phenomenal season. She got a she got one of the regular roster spots, or either her or Fran Harris, one of them. And then there were two practice spots remaining, and I I like earned a practice spot, um, which was, you know, like $8,000.
0: Hey, hey, times have changed. Listen,
1: $8,000 US US American dollars.
0: US currency dollars. Uh huh. That's what it was.
1: But a whole entire season.
0: Yeah. It's sinking in. Sink in. Our listeners are paying attention.
1: But who was signing it like I had got a supermax contract? <laughs> Give me the pen and the paper. Okay. What I made the team. Girl, they could have been paying me in uh what do you call it? Like meal tickets. I didn't Wait, care. That,
0: like, I was. Not those McDonald's team. coupons to get a cone, some fries and a burger.
1: Yeah. we gonna feed you. <laughs> We're going to feed you and give you housing. The rest, hey, I'm good. I'm getting a jersey? Even though it was just a practice jersey, I'm getting a jersey? Like, I'm about to be on a team with Cheryl Swoops. I didn't know who Cynthia Cooper was. I didn't know who Tina Thompson was. But I just knew that I was about to be on the team. You were present.
0: You were in the moment. And you saw what the possibilities could be. Like, you saw the opportunity.
1: Listen. Yeah. Like, I was I was there.
0: If you had to say, what was um, a defining moment at that time that still impacts you today? Because I think you just kind of shared, a you storytell very well. And I'm like, "Mm, I know for me what I'm taking from this. But I want you to just fully highlight, (laughs) give us a glimpse into a defining moment that still impacts you today from that experience.
1: From the experience of trying out or actually, like, my first All of year. Because there's... So, the defining moment for me was to, in today's term, not okay. read the comments. Okay. Like, not listening to... Like, like, my coach had recruited me from the time I was ninth grade. So, he knew me very well. Like, I played four years for him. And he still tried to talk me out of my dream. Like he, sh- he, he should have known better than anybody that him telling me what I couldn't do was only going to fuel me, fuel my drive more to prove that I could. Because what what I always, what I know about me, like peop- you don't know what I know about me, right? Like. You we can see somebody from the outside, but we don't know what's on the inside of them. We don't know what they cut from. We don't know what's fueling them. We don't know what their motivation. True. We don't know why they're here. Very we don't know true. how hungry they are. Somebody could show up, you know, the white kid at the at the at the at the court to play pickup. He got on all the whole matching outfit, <laughs> and you thinking ah, right, he' about to be whack. He weigh hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. He got the bifocal goggles on and y'all thinking y'all about to run like, oh, he trash. We just going to bring him on the team. And okay. he come out there and Everybody. murder y'all, all of y'all. Well, let me not say that. <laughs> let me watch my words. But you right. know, on the court, like he's, he's just balling, like hooping just, and you, but you don't know, that's because you don't know what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right? So my defining moment was to not let anybody else define my future. You don't get to, you don't get, you don't hold my destiny. Yeah, you the coach. You get to pick who you want on the team. But you still, even though I know you didn't want me there, you still couldn't stop my destiny because you don't hold my Ooh, destiny. I in love time. that,
0: Yolanda. Love it. Okay, again, listeners, that was the nugget. Okay, so, so, so take me through <laughs> another defining moment in that first year that you played in the W.
1: Ma'am. I didn't know what people did down on the way on the end of the bench by the cooler. I didn't know what, what they did. Cause I ain't never been Played down there.
0: <laughs> For our listeners who did not play the sport of basketball, talk about what that, what that space is like. Cause I've been down there too in my, in my professional career. What is it like down there at the cooler? Cause when they see it on TV, they go, mm, you know, they, they get a lot, paid a lot of money and glitz and glamor. Talk a little bit about, what that really feels like.
1: You you have more in common with the fans than you do with the with, with the team. <laughs> you you can have you you have better conversations with the fans down there by the by the cooler on that end of the bitch than you do with your teammates. That's that's what that is. Like I spent my whole first half of the Like my whole first year, when I did make it to the team, because you know, when you started out as a practice player, you couldn't even dress out. Like, you didn't even get no uniform. You got a uniform Mm -hmm. to take pictures Mm -hmm. in. You couldn't travel with the team. You couldn't, you couldn't, you could sit on the bench, but you had your regular clothes on. So it's just like you were, you know, you were a spectator. But then when Wanda Guyton got hurt and I got moved up to the regular roster, I still had my same seat. So I spent my first year leaning not leaning out not leaning. my chair so they could make to make sure they could see me cuz I mean when I sit back in my chair ain't no ain't no ain't no you know ain't no sight line to the coach so they could call
0: me You would trip but I understand I understand Okay so some so some that's your defining that's my moment
1: de- my defining moment was to understand roles like understand seasons right like i didn't know how to be a pro i didn't know i didn't know what it was like to be on a team of professional athletes where everybody was a superstar now they say this thing about you know when you go to college everybody good eh. Maybe. Maybe. That's debatable.
0: You a mess. <laughs> but I but I'm with you though. But Are I'm we with honest, you. Though. That's I am with you on that now. one. Debatable.
1: That's debatable. But we when, when you get to the pro level. Everybody good. I'm I'm talking about real good. Real, real, real real good. good.
0: I got that. Real, real.
1: Yeah, real, real good. Great. Let's, Let's just dare I say great. Or they were, they were the greats on their teams. And so to have to come in and find my space when I was accustomed to coming in with the space already basically prepared for me. Um, That was hard because as a competitor, I wasn't okay with just being on a team. I don't care who else was on the team. I, I wanted to play. Like, wh- wh- why else am I there? Like, I wanted to, if I'm competing every day in practice, and you putting in work in practice, because I'm sure you understand, it was, you was, like, that second team could probably what? go somewhere else mm-hmm. and start. Mm-hmm you know so it was like that in Houston like we had a squad of of reserves that could have gone somewhere else and started so to have to 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 kind of find my way it helped me to understand development in a way in a practical and more intentional way because i never paid okay. attention to it i never paid attention to growth and development I was just always the best and always doing my thing. I never understood my role because I never had, my role was always as the leader. So how do I, how do you as a leader lead when you're not in a leadership position? Mm,
0: Great question. I didn't
1: understand, I, I didn't understand that. And so the defining moment for me was when I realized that my job, at this level, in this year, was not to come in and score. They didn't need me to come in and score. They didn't need me to come in and be the best player. They needed me to be the best practice player. They needed me to be the best teammate. They needed me to be the best um, learner or, or student, I should say, to understand, even though it was a new league, we had a lot of players on our team who had been professionals overseas. And so they brought a a wealth of experience to the team in that regard. And so I had to learn a lot. I had a lot of conversations. I had a lot of conversations with me where it was like, okay, Yolanda, if we're going to do this, because you're the only one bothered. Like everybody else happy. You're the (laughs) only one frustrated and mad when you go home. Listen, share these honest nuggets. Come on. Listen, so you're like, we we gonna have to get us together, like real quick. And so I had to shift my perspective. How could cause and and it all boiled down, Christina. It all boiled down to I felt like I wasn't contributing. I felt like I wasn't adding value because the only way at the way that I had always added value was to be the star, leader, scorer, rebounder. So I didn't know how to add value in any other aspect. So I had to learn that. There's more to me than just this, not only as a player, but as a person. So it taught me how to see my value out multidimensional. Like, I'm, I'm not just one thing. I don't just bring one thing to the table. And so that was my, you know, my aha moment. Okay, since I'm not that girl, since I'm not that player, I'm not the focal point. How else can I help make the team great? Oh, I'm giving y'all... I'm Okay, so if I'm not going to play in the games, I'm going to get all mine in practice.
0: Mm, I love that. Look at you, thinking like a champion. Like I'm about to get all mine in practice.
1: The- right, so... Right, so that I can make sure that my teammates, when they go and compete, the mm-hmm, games will be easy. Mm-hmm. Because nobody... Nobody that they would play that put on another uniform... Was going to be, was going to compete harder than them, harder against them than the people that was on the team that wanted to be in that spot.
0: Okay. So, I, and I definitely want you to mention your championship because I think that's the highest success that an athlete in whatever sport, whether it's basketball, soccer, football, baseball, I don't care if it's MMA, but championships, like chips, when we talk about that. And you were able to to do that. And I want you to share with our listeners like what that meant to you before we transition into the workspace, where I think that's like your second chapter of how you how you're continuing to be amazing. So talk about this championship, because yeah, it's just amazing.
1: So when we went, okay, so the light bulb really went, went off when we were in the playoffs and I realized that we were on the verge of making history, winning the first WNBA championship. So that's when I really was like, okay, it wasn't a, I'm going to, I'm going to go hard in practice because I want to prove that I deserve playing time. It was, nah, this is me contributing to us winning a championship. So this is, this is my role. Right, so it's like all hands on deck. There's no time to be, you can't be mean and you can't be mad and frustrated and 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 holding grudges or jealous or envious or anything like that when you're on the verge of making history. Because when we won the championship, all of us got a ring, not just the big three, not just the first six. And Everybody on the team a got a ring and a check.
0: And a check. And Let a me not forget that. Forgive me.
1: <laughs> and a check. So it's like when 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 we win, we win. Like you can't talk about the Houston Comets. I mean, you could talk about it, but when you read about who was on that team, like Correct. my name is there. Forever. Correct facts. It doesn't matter that I only averaged 1.2 minutes a game my first year. I'm it, I'm a champion. Like it's like you don't go to your like your doctor, you go to they may have gotten their their degree in like 1977, still doctor, they still right. a doctor, right? Still
0: remains. Still remains.
1: Still a doctor. It it still remains. So that first championship was meaningful because number 1, I was I was told I wasn't good enough to even make the okay. team and here I am winning a championship but now my second year I averaged about 17 points a game because I was give a little bit him more playing now, time Yolanda. let them know so so that's the championship that means the most to me as a competitor because I felt like okay. I contributed in the way that was meaningful for me
0: okay 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 ooh you've already discussed several transitions now This podcast, I I absolutely like to highlight what those transitions are because as human beings, we go through so many in a lifetime. And in this short life, I think it's important to Mm -hmm. share those relatable stories, but to allow people to see that I came from this and I've done this, but the process was what was important. We might actually need to do a part two on this because I'm going to ask a couple more questions because I want to delve into the the career space because I know that you're doing some amazing things. And I just want to make sure our listeners get all of the nuggets that I know that you have to offer. Sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> so
0: if you had to say, what was that transition like after your playing career was over into the career space? Like if you had to break it down mentally and physically.
1: um, Hard Ooh. and harder. Why hard? Why harder? Hard because I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. Like people don't mind change. We just got a problem with sudden change. Tell me a little bit more. Like we know that change is, like we know that change is inevitable. We know nothing stays the same. But is it's when it it's when it happens suddenly that throws us off, that causes all the chaos in our minds and our in our lives because. We weren't prepared for it. We didn't have a plan for it. We don't know what our next move is going to be. And so it wasn't that it was the change because by that time, by the end of my career, I'd had five knee surgeries. I was ready to sit down somewhere. But I just didn't know (laughs) what that next move was going
0: to She said five knee (laughs) surgeries. Okay. So you didn't know what your next move was. Having all of that experience, having gone through and persevered and come out on the other side, bigger, better, like you said, what was, what are some critical moments that you can share with us that someone that's currently going through that situation or someone that kind of sees it in their future, what can they take away from your story?
1: Um. Well, I'll tell you what helped me, though, Christina, real quick before I answer that question. Um, I did not finish my degree prior to going to the WNBA because I felt like, you know, school was going to always be there. I'd always go back to school. But I mean, you know, I didn't know how how much of a window I would have to, you know, for to play. So I I took that chance, which I'm glad I did. And so I always, um, you know, just being in basketball and just in life in general, always go back to the fundamentals. Like when you, when all else fails, you can always go back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals. Okay. When I started this journey, what was the, what was the, what was the end goal? It was to get an education. It was to get a college degree so that I could create a life for myself and eventually for my children. And so I went back to school to find myself as Yolanda, as the person, not the player, because when I was there before, it was all basketball, basketball, basketball. I didn't know who I was outside of that, and I didn't care to know who I was outside of that because it was that that was that season of my life. And so when I was able to go back to school and really take time to figure out, okay, what am I good at? What do I even like? Where do I want to be? Where do I want to live? What kind of life do I even want to have? I know I'm not going to be playing ball anymore, but I still wanted to be around the game. So I thought about, you know, I tried a lot of different things. I tried teaching. That didn't work. yeah that didn't work well technically Um, you're
0: doing that now but okay
1: classroom teaching let me let me like I became a certified teacher and got in the classroom and I quickly got out um and I do love teaching but that's just not not in that setting and so I I wanted to help women or help players prepare in a way that I wasn't prepared like nobody cared enough about me to say, Yolanda, you need to have something in place when you finish playing basketball, like none of my coaches. So that was my drive to become a college coach because I wanted to make sure that, you know, for as much as I could, that whoever got allowed to be in, you know, allowed me to be responsible for, you know, young athletes, I wanted to make sure that I gave them the foundation or at least planted the seed that, okay, this is only a small window of your life. Like, so take advantage of it, but also let it prepare yourself for when it's over, because at some point it's going to be over. It may be five, 10, 15 years, but at some point it's going to stop and you have to have a plan. You have to know who you are. And so I just went back to the basics of who am I now? What do I need now? What do I have in my hand now? You know, I had this experience as being a professional athlete. I had my college degree. I had, you know, I was able to coach for five years and I transitioned out of that into, again, finding myself in a space of who am I now and what do I need at this juncture in my life? Where can I add value and what brings me joy? Ooh,
0: I love that. And I want to put a pin in that right now because there's so much I want to get to in part two. And I want our listeners to understand that there's more nuggets to come. Part two, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into the career space and what you're doing now and how that that sport really helped to fuel to kind of give you that "Mm," that you needed in what you're doing now with, like I said, diverse, diverse people in many, many different settings. And it's more than just Nike. Join us next week and every Wednesday on the Hear K Tell podcast, where we discuss relatable stories for you, the athlete or career changer, your transition from sport to career.